0: It's time for episode 108 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, October 14th, 2015. Clockwise, four people, four technology topics, 30 minutes.
1: Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that's going back in time. I'm your co host, Dan Morin, and I'm joined this week by my lovely and talented co host across this vast continent of ours. Mr. Jasons, now that was, hi Jason. That's quite a build-up, Dan. Hi. <laughs> I figured maybe everybody just thought I was going to introduce someone else. Yeah, I, I know. know. Well, I did too. <laughs> I wondered why I was even here. Um,
0: this is uh, clockwise. We talk about technology topics for thirty minutes.
1: We do, and we do it with the help of two fantastic guests this week. To my left. He's the developer of the amazing calculator software, PCalc, among many other delightful things. Mr. James Thompson is here. Hi, James.
2: Greetings. Uh, the, the past truly is like a foreign country over here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Are you saying that because you're in the future right now?
2: Yes, I am. I mean, it's, it's 5 p.m. here. So.
0: Looking forward to my left. Uh, it is our friend Christina Bonington, uh, formerly of Wired, but now the tech editor at Refinery29.
1: Hello.
3: Hello. I'm here in the present.
0: And always, yeah, you and I are on the West Coast, so we're we're, yeah. we're we're just starting our days.
1: I thought you guys were in the past. I'm in the present. James is in the future. Well, Isn't that it's how all that about works?
0: perspective, Dan.
1: <laughs> Let's kick off our topics for today. I'm today's designated co-host. I'll go first. I was using AirPlay this morning to listen to some music uh, via my Apple TV, and I, remind, I was reminded how much promise that technology has and and at times how bad the implementation of it is. In particular, as I was listening, I get a ton of like skips in music. Sometimes I can't find the Apple TV. I have an AirPlay speaker that is just a piece of garbage. And I love the idea of being able to wirelessly beam my music to various speakers in the house, it's fantastic. I know a lot of people like the, you know, there's competing stuff from Sonos and and now Google that does a lot of it. And and, and I, I think AirPlay, is a really fantastic idea. I just think it kind of sucks, and I don't feel like Apple has really given it any attention in the past. So I was going to expand that and say, are there any other technologies, Apple or otherwise, I guess, that you would love to see get some some TLC and really get a little attention focused on them? James, how about you?
2: Well, it seems like all the things that start with the word air are broken. <laughs> um, so... My number one complaint would have to be with AirDrop. Um, I have an iPhone 6S running the latest iOS, a current MacBook Pro with the latest El Capitan, both on a Wi-Fi network broadcast from a current airport extreme with up-to-date firmware, and it just simply doesn't work. I'd have thought that that configuration would be the best-case scenario since Apple controls all of it. I mean, sometimes my Mac can see my phone or vice versa, but never in the direction I want. So when I want to send a photo from my phone to my Mac, I try and get AirDrop to work, which takes a few minutes, and then I give up on it. Then I have to go and find a cable. Or more likely, I just email the photo to myself, which means it ends up traveling to my mail server, which I think is in Utah, and then back again to Glasgow. Um, I'm sure somebody else has done this, but I'm tempted to write my own share extension that all it does is just send photos to my laptop. Well, I mean, other people's (laughs) laptops as well, not just mine. (laughs) How can we have these magical computers in our pockets and still be unable to send a few megabytes of data about 30 centimeters tops with any degree of reliability?
0: Uh, I'm going to say Siri. Uh, and, and I'm going to be precise about this because people beat up on Siri a lot, and I think Apple keeps adding things to Siri, but um, I think Siri in the car and and hands-free, uh, vision-free... Use of an iPhone in the car is something that I would like to see them do a better job of. I'm driving down the road and I'm listening to a podcast, and a text comes in, and I have that moment where I think, "What do I do now?" And I know you, I I believe I should be able to say, "Ahoy, telephone, uh, read me my text" or something like that. But I would really love it if um, Apple made as an option because it's not for everybody. But I I would love it if you could optionally set some uh, some things to happen when your car when you're driving, when you you're in a car and uh, it. knows you're moving and uh you're listening to something and you're also getting directions and it knows things like uh you know pause your music or pause your podcast audio or dip it down um and and read the directions there's some of that in ios 9 but also i would like the option of doing things like having uh siri tell me you just got a message and here's what it says would you like to reply um and i and and that stuff isn't in there so i feel like It's unsafe to have people looking at their screens. We can argue about whether it's uh, unsafe for people to talk to their phones while they're driving. um, But the fact is, uh, it's a lot more safe than having them look at their screens. So I feel like Apple needs to do a better job in the car in general. I could throw CarPlay in there, too, because that could be better, too. But um, I would like more Siri interaction, active Siri interaction to keep me from feeling the need to glance at my watch or my phone when I'm driving.
3: I agree with you there on Siri, Um, but I actually uh, would like to see Apple do a lot more with the Apple Watch and Siri. So kind of similarly, when when I'm in the car, uh, if I get a text message on the watch, Um, you can dictate your response, but then you still have to tap to confirm to send the message, which kind of defeats the whole point of like, for me of like using the watch in the first place, if I have to like tap it a whole bunch of times. So I'd love for Siri on the Apple Watch to get a lot smarter, so that I don't have to tap the watch face as much. Um, You know, I feel like Siri should be able to, you know, tap into the the content, I mean, this is kind of a little bit more forward-looking, but uh, should be able to tap into the content in the apps and just kind of be able to more intelligently handle, uh, you know, day-to-day situations. Um, Like if if you're looking for, you know, an Italian restaurant that's nearby, you should just be able to ask your watch. It'll identify it give you the relevant information on the screen so you can glance at it, and then also, you know, give you the turn-by-turn directions to get there, um, all with very minimal screen interactions. Um, But besides that, I actually... um, My biggest gripe, though, would probably be iMessage. I still, like, am never sure, like if I get sent a message, like, which Apple devices is it actually going to land on? Will it be on my Mac or my iPad or my iPhone or all of them or just one of them? Um, So that's something that I'd, you know, I'd like to see Apple work on and, you know, make a lot better. And then there's also the issue, I believe, that still hasn't been resolved of – people that switch from iOS to Android and their text messages just disappearing into the ether because it's still tied to their uh, their iCloud accounts and it's not going to their phone, to their phone number.
1: Yeah, those are all good answers and definitely things I felt problems with here and there. I, I think in particular, this sort of illuminates, you know, when you're a company as big as something like Apple, or Microsoft, Google, any of these things that have all of these various projects, trying to like Keep all those balls in the air while you're like rolling out new features and maintaining old features and all of that. Invariably, something's going to get overlooked or just not get the attention that it deserves. And, And I think that's a big challenge for companies that are this large. Um, they roll out these new technologies, like, oh, check out this cool new thing we did, and then it's on to the next thing rather than spending the time making that look good. So I think that's one of the reasons we all really appreciate when updates like iOS 9 and El Capitan come, back, come around that feel like they are focused on making things work better, but it's clear that there's still a lot of attention needed. So thank you all for weighing in on that. Let's move on to our topic number two, which comes from James Thompson.
2: Well, now that iOS 9 and El Capitan have been unleashed, along with a slew of new hardware, We've all survived the busiest point of the Apple calendar for another year, with a few notable exceptions that are still to come. So what are your strategies for coping with the pressure of all this? And how do we convince Apple to spread their product releases around the calendar a little bit more?
0: Uh, Yeah, it's a good question. I I don't have a good answer for you. I think the answer is that Apple is unfortunately a very seasonal... Company, a very seasonal business. They're our fourth calendar quarter. I gotta say this because it, Apple's fiscal year isn't the human calendar um it lives by bizarre moon rules um it's that's when that's when they sell the most there's a huge spike and yeah they sell a lot of stuff throughout the year but but the fourth quarter of the year calendar year is the biggest and so they want fresh products in the channel when it comes to the the holidays basically and so unfortunately I feel like uh, we can't convince them to do otherwise. It's always going to be like that. There are certain products that are not particularly seasonal, and they push those off. You you will see some you know MacBook Pro updates often happen in the spring, and you know any Mac Pro or Mac Mini stuff doesn't need to happen. And but a lot of the stuff like the iPhone and and the iPad and and uh, and even consumer Macs like the iMac, you, we we see those in the fall for a reason. And um, it is frustrating for those of us who have to develop software or write a lot of stuff that it is high season. Uh, And it would be much easier for all of us if they spread it out, but i don't I don't think it's gonna I don't think it's gonna happen. Uh, My strategy for coping is to tell myself over and over again that we'll be through it eventually, and then uh, and and that it's actually a lot of fun to cover this stuff as it comes out. It's just I wish it wasn't like there have been moments where I thought I could take the whole weekend to write about this one product. Unfortunately, I have to write about three products during that same period of time, and you know you wish you could spread them out, and you can't. So um, it's fun to do it, But I'm also telling myself and more to the point I'm telling my wife, um, I'm not going to be working every night and all weekend for three weeks. You know, it's only going to be for three weeks. It's not going to be the whole year. This is just because this is what Apple does right now. And that's my strategy for coping is I say, it will be over soon.
3: I mean, yeah, I can't believe how much stuff Apple has come out with in the, in the past couple months. Um Lucky for me, I'm not exclusively an Apple reporter anymore, so I don't feel like I need to cover every little thing Apple does or announces, but... On the other hand, I still want to, and I still feel some degree of anxiety that like <laughs> I haven't covered everything that I want to cover. Um, but like I just, um, it's kind of more of a mental game for me, and I just have to keep telling myself that like I'm human. There's only so much I can accomplish in the day. I can only work as fast as I can work. You know, I can you know want to write to, want to write 8,000 word reviews on on every Apple product, but. I I can't do that because I actually have, like, you know, every other tech company that I need to cover as well. All
0: those Microsoft products that got announced last week.
3: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, But then, um, but so, you know, I just, you know, try to, you know, Man, you know, manage all the tasks at hand. So, um, as far as like the tools that I use um, at work, we use Asana for task management, and then I also use um, Google Calendar for managing my personal time and meetings. Um, I tried a little while back using a dry erase board to keep t- keep track of a little dry erase board calendar I bought on Amazon uh, to keep track of. All of my deadlines and upcoming pieces I was working on, which I was really excited about. Like, I was going to put it on the wall so it's there in front of me all the time. And I kind of quit using it back in August. Um, so, yeah, that didn't work. But there's tons of online tools that I use.
1: Uh, well, you know, Jason has to write about all of these things for Six Colors. So I'm, I'm off the hook. Um, Damn so I'll take a, I'll take <laughs> I'll uh, I'll take the viewpoint of a consumer here, which is the frustration as a person who is a tech enthusiast who does write about this stuff for a living, but also you know, has to think about it as a consumer. I kind of wish they wouldn't release everything at once because my wallet starts (laughs) to suffer pretty significantly when it's like, oh, man, a new iMac. I could use a new iMac, right? Uh, Oh, yeah, $2,000 later, um, after you've just updated your phone and your iPad and there's an Apple TV coming and all of a sudden you realize you still have to buy, like, Christmas presents for everybody. Like, what if I bought an iMac for myself as a present for you? Is that a thing? Um, So... I think it's, it's, you know, I understand Apple wanting to front load everything into holiday season so that there's something for everybody to spend their hard earned money on. Uh, and everybody can find lovely new things under their, uh, their festival celebration location of choice, whether it be a Christmas tree or whatever. Um, but I, you know, as someone who is on a budget and has to sort of prioritize, it is, uh, it is difficult to see all the new awesome shiny things and want everything and yet realize, okay, I have to do a little better job sort of you know, uh, breaking these costs out over the next several months and thinking about what I actually need to upgrade right now as opposed to what can wait a little while. So, it is. I understand why Apple does it. I understand why people, consumers, you know, are thinking about buying things now as opposed to in the spring, maybe. But at the same time, I wish it was spread out a little bit more so that I could do a little better job budgeting things.
2: Well, I don't have anything close to a strategy for coping, which is why I was asking (laughs) the rest of you. Um, I mean, I've made like four fairly significant Pcalc releases in the last month with a fifth currently in the works. And let me tell you all, I'm quite tired indeed. Um, I've also foolishly agreed to give a talk at the end of the month, which I'm working on in parallel. But I mean, I'd say for most developers, our year really starts with WWDC in June. So Apple reveals what the big new features are. And then we have a pretty good idea of what we're going to be doing for the next three to four months. So it's it's kind of like Olympic style training, which starts at that point. And we know roughly when the main events are going to be, you know, guessing based on the patterns of previous years. So it's a case of triaging the most important stuff, working away on that. It's doable. And I think this year was actually a bit better than the previous two from a developer perspective for that. But then, of course, you get the iPhone announcement a few weeks before everything kicks off. And there's usually something last minute to deal with. And this year, we got three last minute things. We got 3D Touch, iPad Pro and the new Apple TV and its SDK. So two of those things I have covered at the moment, at least. But that's when the chaos really hits. And then you throw in problems with Apple's developer website and all the carefully timed plans go out of the window. So I can't imagine how stressful it is for the people inside Apple. I mean, I think we experience just a small fraction of the crunch time that must go on for those people. Uh, But it can't be good for anyone. And, you know, of course, we can't convince Apple of anything. Uh, Literally, the only approach that would work is to um, go back in time about 10 years, uh, get hired by Apple, work your way up senior management, and then make your case then. Uh, But we can always dream.
1: Well, Jason, I think that's two topics, and that that brings us to halftime.
0: It is halftime. We don't have a sponsor this week, so I will just remind everybody, uh, we are in the midst of the first season of The Incomparable Radio Theater. Dan, you hear Dan's voice in there? You'll hear James's voice in there. I encourage you to listen. It's funny. It's uh, 20-minute episodes of kind of like comedy and action and adventure and uh, in the style of old-time radio. And uh, if you don't like the particular story you're listening to, just wait a minute, and you'll be listening to something completely different. So check it out, com slash radio. I think you might find it a nice change of pace in your podcast app and it's a been a heck of a lot of work something that's the product i've been shipping this fall on top of (laughs) everything else so please listen uh okay two topics down two more to go um here's my topic this week as we've referenced new imacs new input devices magic keyboard magic trackpad 2 magic mouse 2 coming from apple um and I'm just curious a bunch of new stuff this week from Apple I'm I'm wondering what product in particular uh, might have caught your eye the thing that you think is the most interesting and why
3: So um you know I thought you know Adding Retina to the iMacs is awesome, but the thing that caught my eye the most is probably that, you know, the new Magic Keyboard and a Magic Mouse 2 and Magic Trackpad 2, they all charge with a lightning cable now, uh, and they have fast charging. So, you know, it just takes a couple minutes to charge, and you've got, you know, an all-day battery life Um and so I think that's awesome. I'm glad that's finally coming to to Apple products. But I also think it's interesting. Um, so, you know, when the new MacBook came out, I um, can't remember how long ago that was, earlier this summer? Everything kind of blends together. Um, but, you know, it has USB Type-C charging. And so I've been curious to see if more Apple products take advantage of that. And so far, everything new that Apple has announced still uses um, the lightning cable format. And... Um, so I just thought that was kind of interesting, and you know, I was kind of hoping when the new MacBook came out that the uh, that USB C would finally become the one charger to rule them all, and that all of my all my new products, you know, from from henceforth would use USB C, and that hasn't been the case. Um, but I am glad at least that Apple hasn't come out with a new proprietary, proprietary cable. Um, you know, at least I already have a lightning cable because I've had an iPhone forever. And, um, so now everything can still just charge with that cable. So that's super convenient, but, um, yeah.
1: Well, um, for me, I think that, uh, the, the magic trackpad too, I think is the thing that, that caught my attention the most. I really love my magic trackpad um i've been using it basically since it came out and i've actually gone through a couple different ones um because i had a few flake out on me but i, I love the idea of expanding that surface of, of bringing force touch to it and letting it do more complicated things of as christina mentioned not having to replace my double batteries i still have one of those uh, apple rechargeable battery kits that i use which has been slowly dying <laughs> over the last several years um so having rechargeable ones is definitely attractive um I really am coveting a retina iMac because I have no Macs with retina display right now and my iMac that I'm podcasting in at this very moment is from 2011. So, uh, James, you think you're having airdrop problems? Airdrop doesn't even work with this sucker. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I guess not that different from yours. Um, but it's it's there's a lot of great stuff out there. I think the trackpad, because I spend so much time in front of the computer and because that's sort of my default mode of interaction, whether I be on my MacBook Air or on my iMac, that's the thing I feel like would make a potentially like the biggest difference in my day-to-day life. Um, Otherwise, you know, I'm pretty, pretty happy with my setup right now. But uh, yeah, that, that, that 27 inch Retina iMac is, it has a siren song. It's calling to me.
2: Well, I already have five of the Ks on my existing iMac. So having four of the Ks doesn't excite me very much. Even if the new one can apparently display more colors that I probably can't actually see either. Um, Although I gather that you can Jason. So maybe there's hope since we share similar colorblindness. But I mean, with the new keyboard, I'm once again disappointed that there isn't a wireless extended keyboard. I like having a numeric keypad and all the additional navigation keys, and I don't find it a huge burden to use a cable with it, um, other than it uses a port on the computer. Um, I do use a Magic Mouse currently, and my main frustration with it is that it does run out of power regularly when I'm in the middle of something, which forces me to go and break my concentration and hunt down some charged AA batteries. So the new one does tempt me a little bit, since it's likely to do better on that front. But the seemingly silly placement of the lightning charging port on the underside puts me off. And I don't see why they didn't use induction charging uh, like on the watch, maybe even actually using the watch induction charger. Um So if I had to pick something, it would be the new trackpad as well, even though it costs an eye-watering £109 here in the UK. But I do like having it on my MacBook Pro, and I can see an advantage to having it on the desktop too. So I had to pick one thing, it would be that.
0: I thought I would be the most excited about the Magic Trackpad too. But I actually am excited about the keyboard. And, uh, I mean, the Retina 4K iMac is nice. I've got one right behind me. Um, it They did a good job. It's a beautiful display. It's really disappointing that it comes with a stock uh, hard drive and you have to upgrade it to get even a fusion drive because uh, uh, just a spinning disk all on its own. 5,400 RPM spinning disk. It's kind of slow. Um but uh, but the keyboard is the one that excites me, and and it excites me for a couple of reasons. First off, it is pleasant to type on. I will say that they they. Uh, but uh, what really excites me is it's not the MacBook keyboard. It is a it is not the butterfly mechanism. It's a scissor mechanism that they say they've modified and increased key stability, and the keys are a little bit wider, but they're still in a standard keyboard configuration. Um, it doesn't have the pitch that the old Apple keyboards had, which is nice because you don't really want to bend your wrists in order to put them on the keyboard because that's bad for your wrists and. What it what it most interests me about it is, it suggests to me that uh, Apple isn't convinced that the MacBook keyboard should be uh, inflicted on everyone <laughs> across their product line, and I would suspect that when we see new, uh, you know, redesigned MacBook laptops sometime next year, MacBook Pro laptops anyway, that they'll probably use this keyboard not the keyboard on the macbook um it wouldn't it even wouldn't shock me if the macbook got this keyboard eventually but uh it it, it, as someone who's not a fan of the macbook keyboard i like the fact that apple made another keyboard and isn't just convinced that the macbook keyboard is the one that we should all use and so for that reason i'm very excited about the fact that there's this new keyboard that isn't bad uh, because uh it's not and that's uh that's a good Christina, what's your uh, what's your topic?
3: Yeah, so I guess mine's a little out of left field, but I recently learned of a new Instagram trend called phone pinching and all these people are taking pictures uh, of themselves doing this trend. And so what it is, is you pinch your phone between your thumb and your forefinger, and someone takes a picture of you holding your phone in a very precarious situation, like, you know, holding your phone over a cliff edge or over, uh, you know, like a pot of boiling water or something. And I find this Completely mind boggling. And um, I feel like I could never do this because just thinking about it induces a little bit of panic inside me. Um, And so I was wondering, uh, what are some of the dumbest tech trends that you remember hearing about whether it had to do whether it was an Instagram trend or a buying trend or anything like that?
1: Um, well, you know, the, actually, the phone pinching thing reminds me of when I used to see tourists. I would be traveling in like Europe, whatever. And you see tourists like leaning over cliffs with their like camcorders trying to take pictures, and you are like, why? Why would you do this? Um, but I think the closest thing. I don't know if it was really a trend. But like last year, when everybody was trying to bend their iPhone 6s, (laughs) I
0: was
1: like, why? Why would you do this? Oh, yeah, Benz, check it out. Okay, you have ruined your phone. Congratulations. Um, So I guess that uh, uh, that would be my answer as far as tech trends go. As sort of non-tech, those sort of social trends go, um, I think the cinnamon challenge would probably be another good example (laughs) of stupid trends. Like. Yeah, let me see if I can swallow a teaspoon of cinnamon. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Why not? But I guess people, like, probably if you went back to cave drawings, there was a thing where people would, like, I don't know,
2: like, taunt
1: wild mammoths or something like that. So nothing new
2: under the sun. Yeah, I I would assume that this is the only way that the youth of today can truly feel alive, like, by threatening their most valuable possession and connection to the rest of the world. But in some ways, it's a lot better than putting themselves in mortal peril, like the folk who try and take pictures of themselves with something deadly in the background, like a very irate (laughs) mammoth. I did see one recently on Instagram that was people using strategically placed sunscreen and the absence of sunscreen and then staying out in the sun deliberately to burn patterns onto their skin and then taking a photo of the resulting artistic skin damage. But I think that's more about the stupidity of people in general than anything really to do with technology. Um I think I would have to say that the dumbest tech trend uh, is probably people blindly agreeing to give large corporations all their most personal data <laughs> rather than paying for services and not expecting things to go horribly wrong five or ten years down the line when said service is hacked and all their information is in the public domain.
0: Uh, I think we can just all stipulate people are dumb. We do dumb things. That's just how it is. I, for me, the dumbest tech trend is something that comes from uh, vendors and marketers in a desperate industry doing something, uh, trying to start a trend and failing. And that would be 3D, most specifically 3D TV. Although I'll give a little award to Jeff Bezos for his uh, crazy fire phone with the cameras that do crazy effects on the screen to make you think it's 3D. But no, 3D TV was a mistake. What could be wrong with uh, selling people TVs that require um, them to put goggles on their heads when they're sitting on the couch in order to get the 3D. It didn't take off. They were trying to dr- drive more product uh, to push ahead. They got ESPN to do a channel. They got you know, all these 3D Blu-rays to be released and things like that. People are lukewarm about 3D in the movie theater. And there, you just have to wear some dumb glasses. At home, sitting on your couch with uh, with goggles on, it's a terrible idea. So that that for me, that is the dumbest tech trend in recent memory. But it was a trend that was forced upon us. And uh, fortunately... People said no. Those dumb people I talked about earlier—they were smart. They said, "Forget it. It's dumb.
3: Now we can watch phone pinching in 3D if oh, we wanted I imagine to. That. Yeah, I think um, my—I think my dad is the only person I know that has a 3D setup at home. But it's like a projector, and it actually is really awesome. But um, I just—it's kind of like going to the movie theater for me because you know I only get to visit it a couple times a year, so it's not something that happens every day. <laughs>
0: All right, Dan, I think we've reached the end.
1: We have. Uh, there's just enough time for a bonus topic. Oh, what's the bonus? Well, the bonus topic is, what's the one thing, excluding necessities and technology, that you find that you can't travel without? James?
2: Well, I realize that this makes me sound like a princess with a talent for detecting mysteriously concealed peas, uh, but it's my pillow. Um, <laughs> I tend not to sleep well when I'm away at the best of times, but since I sadly can't transport my whole bed around with me, the closest I can do is bring my own pillow with me, and that seems to help a bit in dealing with travel insomnia. Um, Actually thinking about it, I wonder if I could just put my bed in a shipping container.
1: (laughs) Casper, man, just, you know, have a new bed delivered to every single place (laughs) you go. (laughs) Uh, Jason, what about you?
0: Uh, I'm going to say books. I love having music with me when I travel. Um, and that's not necessarily technology, right? It could be in any form, but I'm gonna say books, books, got to have something to read books, magazines, whatever. But I would say if I'm going to be, if I'm going to be traveling, um, I've got to have a, at, at the very least have a book with me to read because that, that will make me happy, uh, on my journey and it will make me happy at my, whatever my destination is. Um, so yeah, books.
3: Books are a good one. I, I think what I always bring is, is workout clothes. So, um, I don't know. Wherever I go, I either bring like some gym clothes and sneakers so I can head to the gym while I'm there, or I bring cycling apparel and cycling shoes so that I can rent a bike once I there because I like riding bikes a whole lot. Um, and I even uh, I even do this at CES. So I, you know, I've got at CES, you're there for almost a week. You got 12 hour days, and I still will wake up at like 5 a.m. Go to the gym for like an hour or so before the rest of the day, where I'm going to be walking like seven miles on the sh- on the show floor. Um, yeah, so I bring workout stuff.
1: Oh, those are all good answers. I, I've had to retrain myself because it used to be. <laughs> Back in the very old days, uh, I used to carry a pocket knife, like a Swiss Army knife, wherever I went. Can't really do that anymore. Sadly, <laughs> I've lost more Swiss Army knives that way. Um, so, And Jason took my other good answer, which was books. I agree on that. Um, so I, I end up bringing like a, I don't know, this sounds pedestrian, but like a nail clipper because like you ever been somewhere and just got like a hangnail? It's like, oh, this is just driving me nuts. So uh, having a, a nail clipper when the TSA at least doesn't take it away um, is I think a good investment Um, but thank you all good answers all around Um, and that concludes yet another episode of Clockwise it remains only to thank our guests James Thompson thank you so much for being here
2: well thank you again from the future and
1: Christina Bonington here with me in the past thank
0: you thank you although really all podcasts are set in the past
1: unless they're streaming live or our day, Jason. That's another show uh, in in the can, as it yes, were. Yes,
0: that's right. 108 down, <laughs> three hundred thousand nine hundred and forty-two more to go. Uh, Don't give away our secrets. <laughs> uh, so, and all we have left to do is to say, everybody out there, thanks for listening. Watch what you say, and
1: keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Bye.